This is the Norn Iron 40K podcast with your hosts Holsey, Mike, Nate, Cattle and Maul. Diving into the local competitive 40K scene in Northern Ireland. All with mics so bad, and accents so thick, you won't understand shit. Right boys, take her away. Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Northern Ireland 40K podcast. This week on the panel we've got myself, Holsey, got Mike McConkey, Nathan Cooper and Calvin Mulvina. What we're going to do is get right into discussing the top seven lists going into the final day of the Indominus Rising competition. This is happening on the 13th at Exploding Dice. So this is the, the top finishers from Heat 1 and Heat 2 playing off against each other. So let's get right into it then. Um, for a warning, there's just a lot of custodies to talk about here. Freaking painful. Yeah, man. Um, but right at the top, we've got yourself, Mike, with the Queens. Would you like to give us a bit of a rundown on your Queens list? Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet, I suppose. Um, it's double patrol. First patrol is a soaring spike. So they're the guys that uh, let me advance and shoot as if I haven't advanced, basically. So uh, better shooting out of them. It's a, a, a buff Shadow Seer who's uh, all defensive. So uh, it's minus one to wound infantry. I uh, have a stratagem to make that apply to vehicles and bikes as well. Uh, and minus six inches to any ranged weapons. Um going against anything within six inches as well. So pretty much just sits in a little bubble, uh, protects me from range firepower. I have a troop master in there with fusion pistol, which is a, a basically a pistol version of a multi-gun and a kiss. Um, I have three squads of uh, fusion pistol, uh, armed harlequin troop guys, um, no close combat weapons because ideally they just want to sit inside their little skimmer um, and float about the board fusioning things to death. Um, but Death Jester, uh, with the humbling cruelty pivotal role, it's the one where I just have to hit you and you're minus two to your movement and can't overwatch, uh, which I've brought just in case I come up against aggressors and things. Um, not not so useful, maybe against a lot of the lists that are actually at the day two, but still handy rather than taking hurricane bolters to the face if I'm charging bike squads for the custodes. Um, and he's my warlord. He or she is my warlord uh, with the player of Twilight, which gets me some CP back when I remember to roll for it. Uh, two squads of Skyweavers, all kitted out with Haywire Cannons and Zephyr Glaives, um, and three Star Weavers there. That's one for each of the, the troops, and also there's enough space in that for each of my characters can basically mount up if they want to, uh, to stay off the board. Second patrol is Frozen Stars, uh, which gives me plus one to my attacks if I charge. Um, so Tripmaster with uh, Darkness Bite, which means every time I fight, I get uh, cause an extra two mortal wounds at the end of that fight activation. And he also has the Twilight Fang, which is like a, a damage to power sword that basically gives me more attacks the later in the game it is. Three troops. Uh, there's one five-man squad with Embraces in a Star Weaver, and normally the Troop Master uh, rides around with them. Uh, two nine-man troop squads, one with all bar one guy having a Harlequin's Kiss. The other squad has all bar one guy has a Harlequin's Caress and a Solitaire. Um, Solitaire is running around with uh, Zegarax Rose, uh, which it lets me re-roll wounds, and it's flat three damage against infantry, which is bloody handy against Custodes, if you can get them to fail their armor saves. 
Um, so yeah, that's it. it. Harlequins literally have eight units in their codex, and one of them is useless, which is the Void Weaver. I know some people like it, but it should. So basically, I have seven units to choose from, which is why when you're reading Harlequin list, it just looks a little bit copy paste. But that's literally all we have to play with. So yeah, you say it's all you have to play with, but you have come away with three fantastic scores, and you play the missions very, very well. They do. Don't get me wrong. Harlequins have come out really, really strong in 9th edition. Um, I've been playing the Harlequins since 7th edition when they got their own codex because previous to that they were literally just a unit choice in the Craft World Eldar codex. Um, when they got their own codex, I picked them up. They were gash in 7th. Um, okay <laughs> in 8th, but not particularly strong. They certainly weren't going to be threatening any top 10 positions in any major tournaments. Um, and now they've arrived in the ninth with very, very modest point changes. Um, the meta just sort of suits them better because it's a smaller table, so they literally can get to anywhere they want to. Um, and all these guys running around with their fancy, I've got AP minus four, minus three guns. Eh, I've got an involve save on everything, so just don't roll below a four. Pretty simple. Um, so yeah, they've come out. I think Harlequins, Custodes and Death Guard, three armies that have come out easily the strongest from the transition from 8th and the 9th um, so yeah I mean Space Marines are still top of the pile probably uh, and that, that hasn't changed from additions but these three guys have all jumped up considerably um, so yeah I'm, I'm certainly enjoying the Harlequins my, my first I've only played five games including the, the first day of three um, and honestly if, if your dice roll even average they can take a surprising amount of, of punishment um, and they can certainly put out a lot of hurt, although you are somewhat reliant on various buffs and stratagems to sort of get you over the line there. Um, but again, moving from 8th, where you're maybe working with about 5, 6 CP in a game, uh, and now like, I'm taking pivotal rules and relics like they're candy, still starting the game with 7 CP plus 1 every turn. So, I mean, it's, it has really helped them that sort of boost to their CP uh, total. Yeah, it's like so. Let's talk about this. You've got minus one to wind aura, right? Yeah, just from the shadow here, Yeah. Yeah, you've got minus six inch to your opponent's weapon range. Yep. You've got minus ones to hit. Yep. Um, in your list, you can put that to minus two if you need to, right? If you're up against stuff that's got the plus one to hits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've the basic Eldar stratagem of just uh, a unit that can fly can go an additional minus one lightning fast reactions. So yeah, you've got the ability to put a three plus plus on both your sky skyweaver units. Yeah, yeah. So the way the stratagems worded is, you just have to advance. To be able to activate a one CP stratagem to give them a three plus plus, um, so obviously in the movement phase you just advance one squad, get up on them, and in the psychic phase you have the psychic part Twilight Pathways, which lets you move a squad as if it's the movement phase. So you, you advance them, you advance the second squad in the movement phase uh, or in the psychic phase, uh, and give them the three plus plus. So yeah, you can throw ten bikes in someone's face all with storm shields for all intents and purposes yeah and and yeah and that's what i was going to say the only thing you're missing is ignoring ap but that doesn't matter because it's a basically army-wide invuns so you may as well be pretty much yeah holy shit i think the the, the certainly my experience so far the one thing that harlequins really are missing which i think would take them to the next level the sort of at a space marine custode level is they have no way no mechanic really of getting re-roll hits um, there's a 2CP stratagem for one guy who has like a reroll ones to hit in combat, which isn't that useful. 
if they had any sort of re-roll hit mechanic, I think that would really take them up. Because um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's three threes to hit pretty much almost across the army by, by a couple of characters. So, you know, a third of your attacks go, you know. A third of your attacks, but how many attacks are a troop squad putting out in combat? Oh, okay, yeah, Frozen Stars, like each of those guys on the charge puts like five attacks. Yeah. Um, so uh, yes, I take I take your point. I'm thinking more for like the the quality attacks they have, likes of the the Skyweavers that only have three attacks each, or the fusion pistols, obviously, which is a single shot. You know, if you could get a reroll, some sort of reroll mechanic in there for the hits, it would it would it really would just elevate them. Elevate them from the top to the top again. But yes, they're not they're not top. I've had this discussion with some guys on Facebook who are basically claiming Harleys are massively overpowered. Um, <laughs> And I, I understand, yeah, okay, they've taken a massive jump forward. Obviously, the Tabletop Titans tournament, the Harlequins won. A part of that was more the some of the dice rolls that, that Adrian was pulling off was were just mental. I mean, literally, like, taking 30-odd hits and maybe taking one wound because the sea of dice just went, went really hot. So how much of it was dice and how much of it was necessarily the army, I don't know. Yeah. but That's average. That's average. That's just maths. <laughs> We're rolling twenty eight shots out of thirty, stuff like that, hitting with like twenty one of them. Yeah. But when that shit happens for any army, then that army is going to look really powerful. But I don't think Harlequins are top. Yes, there's them and Death Guard and Custodes that are all I think floating just in under Space Marines at the minute. Under which faction of Space Marines though? Like, are you thinking Sally's? Salamanders or White Scars? In my mind, um, they're two different types of Space Marine Army, but I think both of them are equally as capable of going 5-0, and 6-0 at a major tournament. I don't know if Harlequins can go 6-0 and at a major tournament, because I think you'll get you'll just will get one of those games where your dice go a bit cold on your saves, and every model you take off the board is a big points investment. You're not going to have the consistency, I don't think. You're going to have players like yourself who are really good with Harlequins, yeah. or top players that are good with Harlequins and they will do well and they will go 5-0 and or 6-0 and but when you get the plebs like me playing with them then they'll not whereas if I picked up Space Marines you could go 5-0 and with them do you know what I mean? Yeah yeah, yeah. well most people could maybe you can't call but maybe most people could. <laughs> 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 well, I think that that's like the consensus is around like the Sally's list being so forgiving but I guess we can get into that later Mike is there any matchups with this list that you wouldn't like? Yeah, I mean, Carl and I have talked about Carl and I actually had a wee game on Saturday, um, and he he comfortably beat me um, with his list. So yeah, I mean, I, I knew it beforehand anyway. But yeah, bike jet bike heavy custodes um, is a is a challenge for me because they can match me sort of pace for pace across the table. Um, they hit a lot harder and they are probably more survivable than anything I have. Um, like I literally had to sink uh, troops, characters, I had like three, four characters and a troop squad and everything. And it was only because Cal didn't have the CPs to turn off my reroll to wounds. It's the only reason I lifted a jet bike squad um, doing it. You know, the reroll to wounds were massive for me. So yeah, jet bike heavy custodes. I think salamanders would be tough. Um, because some of the stratagems they have are so point efficient. So over time, you know, yeah, okay, 
the Flamestorm aggressors, I can avoid them for a turn or two, but eventually they are going to catch up to me and they will just lift stuff off my army. I can't really stop that. And I can't kill Salamanders easily because uh, they ignore the relatively low AP modifiers that Harlequins do have. And Harlequins have a lot of minus ones and minus twos, uh, which Salamanders just aren't really caring about too much. Um, so yeah, probably those two... Um, I would have said Blood Angels as well. I know Cal and I had a game where Blood Angels, I think I got a bit lucky there, to be honest. I think bloody, a really aggressive alpha striking Blood Angels list could do some damage as well until I get my 3 plus invuls running. Um, getting 20 freaking death company to the face turn one is freaking scary. <laughs> so. We'll move on to what your opposition on Sunday. Yeah. Happy enough, yeah. Fucking custodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll read it out for you. Just so, in case you know, now me and me and Tom were on the show last week, so we're not going to go too much into detail about our list because we've already sort of done that last week. But Tom's running Trajan Valoris, uh, shield captain on Donegal Jet Bike with um, the hard to kill, so five but for no pain, nine wounds, just like himself. He's the warlord. He then has two squads of uh, custodian guards. Um, one squad has a sword and board and two spears, and then the next squad has two sword and board and one spear. He's running six. Uh, Terminators, a Vexilla Praetor and Terminator armor, five bikes, uh, three with salvo launchers, and a Talman Heavy Dreadnought with a close combat and the uh, Storm Cannon. I don't know how to say that because I'm not very good at English. Uh, Arakaros? Arakaros? <laughs> Forge World bullshit. That's all you need to know. Forge World bullshit. Yeah. This is going to be quite the matchup. In my opinion, you completely outmaneuver this list. Which is probably where you're going to have a good time, I think. But Tom's a good good pilot, so we'll have to wait and see what, what the crack is. I think he's scared. He keeps texting me. I think he's scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, y- yes, I can outmaneuver him, but unfortunately, objectives are fixed points on the board, so I can have all the maneuverability I want. I still have to be on objectives at some point, or I ain't getting points. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be just how I play it across the objectives. Um, the first mission was announced there. It's, it's uh, is it Vital Intelligence. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, so there's there's like four objectives like right along the diagonal of the board. Um, so yeah, as much as I can maybe go and take some objectives, he can push me off them pretty easily. And then I'm going to struggle to shift them, uh, potentially, unless I can split his army up a little bit. But those Terminators, the big block of Terminators he has probably isn't going to die. Um, so a lot of it's going to come down to how does he use his Terminators, I think. The thing is, though, after playing you on Saturday, you definitely have the tools in your army to deal with his list. Um, it's whether or not you can do it fast enough to then take primary, which is what you struggled with. Yeah, yeah. I think um, just one point that I would say, just uh, Mike versus you fighting, Tom. Um, the, the primary in that mission is Control 2, Control 3 and control more. If he gets onto them, it's quite hard to shift them. Very, very interesting uh, matchup, actually. Cool. Um, shall we move on to Cahill and your list? Yeah, cool. I am playing Richard, and the two of us are playing Custodies. I don't really need to go into too much detail on both the lists, because they're both pretty much very similar. Well, give us a rundown. A rundown. So mine is mine is two uh, shield captains, both of three up and bombs, one with nine wounds and a five-up for no pain. Uh, three squads of uh, custodian guard, two spears and a sword and board 
three Terminators and then two squads of five bikes with salvo launchers. And Richards is uh, Trajan Valoris, shield captain with the same uh, five of Fatal Pain and nine wounds. Two squads of Guardians, one with three man spear and then one three spears, a sword and board. He's got five Terminators, three salvo launcher Praetors, a Vexilla in Terminator armor, and then a Colored Scrap Tank and a Telemann Heavy Dreadnought. Forge World Bullshit. He is playing, I know, Forge World Bullshit. He is playing Deeks tonight, and Deeks is running my list, and he's running his in the first mission. So, see how that goes. Um, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be a, a fucking slogger fest. It's gonna be like I'm gonna hit you and don't die, and you're gonna hit me and we're not gonna die. I'm gonna sit in the middle, and nothing's gonna die, and then one of us is gonna fail all of four of them ones, and then everything's gonna die, and then the game's gonna be over in like forty five minutes. And that's pretty much it. Custodies and custodies is boring as fuck. I think that's just custodies in general. I just think they're a bit boring. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not quite. Like um, the Braviathan level of boring, though. Yeah. Because there is. They're unforgiving. If you commit to an area on a board and a unit goes down in your backfield or something that you weren't expecting, like, you you know, it's hard to redeploy that army outside of the bikes. Um, Once you usually commit to an area, you're stuck there with the Terminators, usually. So, uh, especially on multiple objectives, like six objective missions, stuff like that. Yeah, the Terminators, for me, the reason why I didn't go for Terminators was maneuverability. Um, I did play a game and I took two squads of three and it made the bike squads a wee bit smaller. But what I found was once you brought them in and if they made their charge, they killed whatever it was. They were nearly standing about doing nothing then the rest of the game. So I thought the bikes were a bit better. The way I'm going to approach this one is mainly going against the studios. You need to put two things. So I need to put two things to kill one thing and he needs to put two things in to kill one thing. But because he's went for the, the Forge World stuff, that's really good against Primaris. Those tell him and have you done I'm saying this now and it's going to kill me at the weekend, but looking at the stats, <laughs> they're not overly good against Custodies. If I can make main ones, they're fine. Whereas his Praetor, because he doesn't have as many as I do, then my two squads should lift his one squad. Because his Terminators aren't as many bikes as mine are, my two squads should lift his one. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the way I'm going to try and play it anyway, I think. Just win the trade. There you go. There you go, mate. That's how you beat me, Richard. Uh, is that is this bait? This is it. It's the the four D chess. <laughs> I hope your mind isn't getting fucked there, Richard. <laughs> cool. Right. Um. Next up, we've got Buckley. Like, how the fuck is this guy faith? So let's see. Got. I'll run down this one. So he's got. The um, Valorous Heart Detachment, Battalion, Cannoness of Blessed Blade, the um, Iron Surplus of Saint Vasila. Do you know what? I'm not going to read all this shit out. It's, it's nuns with guns. Nuns with guns, so you need to know that. <laughs> yeah, it's busy. Two Cannoness, three Battle Sister squads, two Magifiers, Patil Stoic, three Dominion squads, two of them have Melta. Uh, one of them's got Max Stormbolters. He's got three Exorcists. And then he's got his Bloody Rose detachment. And in there he's got his Missionary and the Ten Woman Squad of Repentia. Two Zephyrim squads with 
what yeah they're the power sword ones right they're the choppy ones and a rhino so what do you think boys i've played against this list it is solid it's very good sisters of battle have every tool you could ever imagine bring a girl from deep strike they can make their automatic 12 inch charge push forward with melted guns first turn shoot you off the board they've got the exorcist which do so much work do you know I mean i think he played chaos knights in one of his games and he was like killing an eight and a half with them alone um per turn which is which is really good do you know what i mean um but his matchup is actually against necrons so that could be very very tough for him yeah and when i played him one of the things like there is an awful lot of shooting there like there's no doubt about that there's the ability to, to push out as you say it's got all the tricks but the cover is really what made that game playable for me or that that shit was just going to blow me off the board so it was just janking the way around the cover making sure when he had targets it's what i wanted him to be shooting at which was like my cheap trip options do you know what i mean protecting my characters getting the firing lines and it was a, a case of picking it apart bit by bit and then screening out the deep strikes um feeding them something for the repentance to munch on before you you shoot them so you just got to make it tasty enough to bait that shit out and then trade like I, I think it's a great list for killing shit, but for ninth edition missions, you know, I think more troops is the order of the day, and that's just my, my personal take on it. Um, so is it the is it Mike's Necrons he's playing? Michael Burns? Yeah. So he's gonna have a lot of troops that he's playing against, and he doesn't have an awful lot of obsec to be playing against that. Yeah, he's he's out num he's outnumbered two squads. Um, Mike has we'll go through Mike's list soon, but he's just got more troop choices on the ground. Um, taking away the first taking away the first game against Necrons, that's a list that can like you could see him at the third game, like podiuming with this list because it has the tools there to deal with lots of different stuff, and people don't know what sisters do. So, they just get fucked by it. <laughs> yeah. Quick question. Do you know the way they ignore AP1? And 2. And they ignore AP2 with the Imaginifiers, right? Imaginifier. Um, if yeah. they're in cover, do they technically then ignore AP3? No, because cover doesn't give you ignore AP. No, it just gives you plus one to your save, right? Yeah. So if they, ah, yeah, I suppose, could have still minus three, then it doesn't matter. That's okay. Good. It's just, just something that came to me there. Yeah. It's like it's another one of those lists that, like, I haven't ran snipers for a while, but when you see when you play, come up against guard lists or like work lists or sisters lists, and you, you see that, you go, shit. I'd love to just pick off that imagifiers, trying to get his imagifiers for half the bloody game, and I couldn't get near them. You. You know, he, he had them beside the, the vehicles and stuff, and I just wanted to get rid of that ignore AP2. Because think about I was running, like, Sammy and Sableclaw and two Talonmasters, and then Dev Doctrine, they're AP-2, and then um, they're AP-1 with all the shots the rest of the time. I bumped the second turn of Dev Doctrine, AP-2, and I was trying to get some efficiency out of that, but it, was, <laughs> it wasn't happening, like, just because of that. It, it's... It's nasty to play against. Like it's one of those things when I play Sally's, it's, I hate them for. It's just that ignoring AP minus one is so effective. Yep. 
So how do you... I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I was, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the sisters. Um, yeah, he knows his list inside out. We know he got a ton of reps in. You know, he, he, I think he, he's downplaying them a bit in, in the chats and stuff. You know, he's starting to play a bit of Eldar and all. But, you know... The, he's got a lot of reps with him. It's a strong list, and he knows that list. And he showed in his second two games with those big wins that put him up in the fifth that he, he's capable of contending. And, it, you know, he could do another submarine. And the, the gap between him and the top, which we'll, we'll go through the actual, you know, the points differentials towards the end. But with uh, fifth place here of Arn, he's only um, it's about... 50 points behind, and depending how games go, that's certainly not impossible, that's for sure. But my god, could you imagine fucking listening to him if he won? <laughs> uh, that, that, that alone means that we all have to win our games. <laughs> so next we've got, um, in sixth place, we've got Robert Patton with his Grey Knights. Um, would somebody like to take us through this one? Anyone got a handy? I can do it if you want. Um, so um, he's got so it's uh, Grey Knights and he has got uh, a single battalion um, he's paid f- uh, a stratagem to take an extra relic so he has a Grandmaster in Nemesis Dreadnought armor uh, he's got the with the fist teleporter Gatling gun the heavy side cannon and great hammer and he is taking Sanctuary, which is plus one in Vol save. Um, so that's, he's really solid, really hard to kill. Um, he's got Voldis, um, he's got Armored Resilience, and Edict, Imperator, and Inner Fire. Uh, the Edict allows a unit to shoot in the Psychic Phase, which pairs up really well if a unit has Gate. So he basically lands down with a big unit, will clear your screen away, and then the unit that can get out of combat lands where the where the screen used to be, so it, it it's very strong, very good. Uh, next, he has a librarian. Uh, he's got a Santic shard and a stave. Uh, troops choices. He's got um. He's just got three five man strike squads. He's got an apothecary. He's got a big unit of paladins. Nine paladins. Oh, halberds and storm bolters, and then he's got five more paladins with uh, halberds and uh, storm bolters, and then fast attack. He's got fifteen uh, interceptors, which is uh, five units of three. Um, so it's a well-rounded list. Uh, again, very elite. Um, he's obviously had a few reps with it. He's he's done okay uh, thus far. Um, I mean, he's had 73, 54, and 81 in the first heat, so he's done very, very well. Um, you know, I, I like the list. It's very very neat, very compact, but um, it kind of plays like Custodes, I think. Everything has an involve save, so apart, oh, apart from the strikes, but um, it can play really well into missions, but I think it... Because of how elite it is, it can have bad dice and you can have a bad day um, or a bad game. So, I don't know. Um, no, uh, solid. I think it's uh, well-rounded. Plays a mission as well. 
Robert's Great Knights is a list that I don't want to play because it's got a lot of Mortal Wounds spam. Um, it's really fast, deceptively fast. Me and Michael both have bikes that can whiz around the board, but he's got the likes of Interceptor squads, which he can lift and put anywhere he wants. And then he's got uh, he's got it's a gate of infinity, allows him to lift the unit, so he can lift a set of paladins in the back corner of the board and just put them right back into your into your lines. Um, if he if he has been practicing more with the list and he's got loads of reps under his belt, then there's no reason why he shouldn't do quite well. Um, I'm not too sure who he is playing. Something tells me it's Richard um, with the Ultimarines and Custodies, maybe? Because he came just trying to work it out. One, yeah. Fourth, yeah, it would be Richard, I think. Nice. Or Death Guard. I can't remember. It's one of those two. It's either Death Guard or, or um, Custodies. Uh, I don't play. think it's Death Guard. I think, I'm yeah, pretty sure a- they played. Or are they? Oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, it's a list that I, I personally don't really want to play against with the amount of Mortal Wound Spam. All right. Um, moving on then. We'll talk about Michael Byrne. And he's in seventh place then. And that's the halfway point. Um, we have Michael on 199 points. So between first and seventh. There is about a 65-point gap. And again, I think that that's not insurpassable on the day, given that the score, the scores that are actually being played and how the, <clears throat> the seeding has worked. You know, the, the top finishers are playing against other top finishers in their first game. So I think that it could get very interesting. I wish I was there to watch it, to be honest. Um, so would somebody like to run through Michael's Necrons list? Yeah, yeah. I'll run through it quickly. Um, it's a single battalion um, Nefrek, which I believe is is it an automatic six inch when he advances. Off the top of my head, yeah. Nathan's giving me a thumbs up. Um, two cryptics with uh, chronomatrons. So I think that's the five plus invul for guys. Uh, the veil of darkness, which has been a staple for Necron since um, third edition, if I remember rightly. And a royal warden. He's one of the new Indomitus characters who uh, he can choose a unit, and that unit can fall back and still shoot, um, even though it's fallen back, which is very powerful, obviously, with the rest of his list. He has five squads of Necron Warriors, four 20-man units and one 14-man unit, all with Goss Flayers, so it's a shit ton of robots to have to get through. Uh, Six destroyers with uh, Goss Cannons, and then three individual heavy destroyers uh, with heavy Goss Cannons and a Ghost Arc. so yeah, I mean, pretty much it's a it's a lot of objective secured bodies, all with invulsives and various other survivability tricks. That if you don't wipe that squad out, uh, then yeah, you are pretty much looking at most of the squad probably coming back the next turn. I think a few people found on uh, the on the first day playing them. Um, oh, sorry, I also should say his Warlord on the Royal Warden is Immortal Pride. I think that's fearless, if I remember rightly. So he isn't going to lose guys to morale either. Um, and the Heavy Destroyers, Destroyers in general, are, are 
secret tech, to be honest, because they are infantry and have still remained infantry, so they can do some of the actions um, which are infantry only, so likes of raising banners or scramblers and shit like that. So the heavy destroyers, um, although you might think they're there to crack open tanks, they're more than likely for secondary uses rather than uh, actually killing things. They're the guys running around picking up the points for them. I just spotted on his list. He's named all of his units. He's obviously watching some Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I was going to ask. He's got Frieza and Frieza and Majin Buu and shit. I was, uh, was going to say, what, Majin Buu, is that like a relic or something? <laughs> 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 My no, lack of Dragon Ball Z it, knowledge. It, it's like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's like a big um, pink marshmallow man looking motherfucker. I actually, I actually know what you're talking about, weirdly. <laughs> so, yeah, it must be a meme of him somewhere that yeah. I've seen. <laughs> um... Sorry, just to touch on Michael Sis, um, we were half right. The dynastic code and Efric also allows him to become Harlequins for a turn um, whenever he advances, um, which is not shit, <laughs> especially when he can phase through runes um, or things that minus two off his movement and he doesn't take the penalty for that. Um, it's very strong, especially when that amount of fearless bodies are on the board. Um, as Michael said, uh, d- destroyers and stuff, um, being infantry, absolutely fantastic. But um, this sort of plays like a plague bear list, like an old eighth edition plague bear list. I think it's just really hard to kill. It's all obsec. Well, the majority of it is. Um, can you kill it quick enough before it takes your objectives off you? Um, yeah. Does it get scout deploy? No, no, nope. but it can deep strike. I think via a stratagem, an infantry squad, and he's got the veil in there as well. So, um, yeah. Just on that, Nathan, does the does the stratagem the stratagem still means he still has to take the minus two to his charge? Does he not? Because he doesn't get fly keyword. Um, well, if he advances, he can't charge. So. Um, that, that is true. In addition, if this this says it can move across models and terrain as if it was not there. Yeah, that's that's a weird interaction at the minute. Harlequin flip belts. Still, you take the minus two to your charge because, as far as I remember, it's only if you fly is the only stipulation as to why you wouldn't take the minus two. So, mm-hmm. so like flip belts, neck on wraiths, shit like that. You still have to take the minus two. It seems counterintuitive, but the minute that's the way the rules interaction is, as far as I know. Yeah. Right. And who's Michael playing? It is he's been Aaron. He's been Aaron. What's a wee bit secret about this list is the cryptex both give five up in bonds. It's not like a, a relic or something they've got. So he can put one. Do you know what I mean? He can spread them out by twelve inches and then that's quite a large bubble. That that's now covering. Do you know what I mean? So you can cover nearly his whole deployment zone and have the two characters far away from each other, and then the immortal guy in the middle, or not the immortal guy. Sorry, the royal warden. Yep. It's it's a race, right? You just you, you know can you kill the warriors quick enough? But um, I think Stoads have a lot of answers um, versus these guys because they can land down and snipe the characters. You know, things like that. And then, you know, you're removing the invul save. You know, warriors, they, they do fall over, but 
obviously there's a, there's a hell of a lot of them and once they start getting back up again it's like that uh, was a waste of time <laughs> yeah I mean he, he's built the list really well to just play the mission at the, at the, really at the expense of, don't get me wrong the destroyers will lift units um, they are really really good but this list plays the mission hardcore um, uh, it's good to see Big Mick I mean he's uh, he's he's teched well into ninth edition to be fair to him so um, whereas a lot of people were still running some sort of eighth edition style army, he has adapted pretty quickly there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and this and this was his first comp with the Necrons. Like he was running tie flat out, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at it. It wasn't a list that I was worried about because I had a lot of you know, decent shooting to clear those warriors. But I think looking at a lot the other lists, you know, they were tacking for taking down elites much more. And a list like this, even though it's not an extreme horde, it's certainly gonna cause problems when they start when he starts popping models back in the table. Yeah. Which is gonna happen a lot. Because I think it's like three or four different ways to like buff the reanimation protocols now. Um some of the new like tech that they got uh, recently, and they can, is a three plus reanimation protocol they can get to pretty easily, uh, and they can like re- roll the dice twice and things like that. So he gets two lots of it back, and yeah, just some scary shit happening there. Uh, you have to kill the unit that just take it out. It doesn't matter if you have to fire a volcano cannon to kill the last warrior. Do it because it will actually help you in the game a lot more. Just seeing what the saves are like on these things. What's the armor? Four up. Four up on a warrior. Yeah. And then the Doomsday or the, the Ghost Arc allows them to re-roll reanimation protocols. But they can't do it on the same turn that the orb was used. Yeah. If he's got that. He doesn't have an orb. No. Which it, uh, doesn't have it. And then there's something else I think allows them to re-roll once. But, yeah. Nice. Not a Marines list in the top seven. Just saying. Fuck. Need a fuck them. Need a fucking buff in this codex. Balance this shit out. I think, though, to be fair, there wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of Marines actually at either day, really. Um, and the guys bringing Marines tended to be slightly on the more casual side. I hope I'm not offending someone saying that, but any of the Marine lists I saw, there was yeah, it wasn't exactly hardcore. Uh, balls to the wall, salamanders, or you know, white scars, outrider squads, and stuff like that. They, they just weren't really there. So, no, you didn't see it, Michael. There's a there's a white scars list in the top fourteen, mate. Is it? Just saying that and Holsey played Dark Angels, but he is he's more of a uh, hobbyist. Yeah, and that that wasn't um, you know a Marines list. We didn't get all you know. We don't get all the toys. I may river. No, I still, I still, I still think Dark Angels are strong. <laughs> oh, fuck off, Jose. Dark Angels are strong. I, I, I still rate them really highly. Maybe not the exact archetype of list that I brought. I think a little bit more ground and pound, but you know, we'll not fucking turn this into Dark Angels podcast as much as I'd love to. Just remember though, your your codex is out next, Jose. I know. You're, you're oh, the cool. first code. You're the first codex out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to Martin earlier. You know, it's not going to be in play for the next competition. And then, 
that's sort of fair. It's like within the, it's going to be dropped in the same month as that comp, mid October. So yeah, we'll see. A lot of the competitions, though, on the a, a lot of a lot of the competitions in in Europe don't allow you to run the codex until the FAQ drops. So your codex could come out on the Wednesday and your tournament could be on the Sunday. It doesn't matter because if the FAQ is night, then you're not playing it. Yeah, no, like I see that all the time and it makes sense. And then I think there's going to be a more interesting question, but maybe it's one of the things we can bring up at the end of the podcast. Right now, we'll, we'll take a break, make sure that this recorded. <laughs> and, and then we'll, we'll get back with part two where we'll, we'll dig in. Uh, some thoughts general chat so catch us a bit god I wouldn't fancy that task go and tell my pregnant wife get off the internet and record a podcast and she's due in like freaking two weeks or something. <laughs> That's playing with fire right there. That is doing anything that's playing with fire at that stage. Like, so. it's, like, it's bad enough you're painting your wee fucking figurines. Now you have to talk about it when I can't watch yep. Netflix. Yep. Hi, my golden meta chasers are coming all along rightly. Yeah, the pictures look good. Those, those Vanguard or the Blade Guard vets. Oh my word, they're sexy models. I know they are. <laughs> it's so much fun to paint. The nice thing is, I can sort of take my time on them. At this point, I've only got a couple of units that I need to put together from the list uh, for the Nuri competition. So it's nice being able to just chill instead of fucking par hosing Caliban green all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Try painting Harlequins. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. It's the sisters is the most daunting task. Like I fucking was listening back to the last podcast, and because um, I was trying to see what Innes was on about with the uh, the music being too loud, but I, I couldn't find it. But I was talking about painting the models because we were slabbering about Buckley not having his painted. They are. A chore. Like, they're such nice models. You, you sort of want to take your time on it and, you know, robes, get the robes looking nice and stuff. Yeah. But not for the kind of list that I would be fucked running. That's for sure. No, there's, there's like the first two, three models are always incredible. And then you hit a point where you're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> tabletop <laughs> standard, minimum done. <laughs> I, I lo- see, I love the Deathwing Knights to play them and stuff. And like, they have, they have been my MVP. In when I was playing in Alpha and stuff, and then every competition I played, they've always been the MVP. They are legit good. But can I be fucked painting them properly beyond three colors? <laughs> you know, it's like I, the first one was class, and then the rest were just like, you know, a little bit more than just going three dots of gold. Peter is the third color. You know, <laughs> we stepping around the table and goes, did you, did you get that one done there? It's like, can you not see? Can you not see? Fucking <laughs> night before, dotting it on. You just spray them white, white wash them down with some sort of brown wash, and just then pick out details. Is that not? Is that not how they work? No. Um, I got an army painter spray, which was 
meant to be like sandry dust equivalent or like a bone color. Um, it was a bit of a shit day for spraying, but I, I just basically sp- sprayed them. And it was a bit of a thicker coat than I would have liked. Didn't come out too bad though. And then I let that dry, slapped on some sepia wash. Looked well. Dry brush. Boom. Job's done. Uh, it looks well. Bit of green, bit of gold. Got it based. Matches the army. Do the maces, you know. I don't know. Get around to it. Here, so what I was saying before about the archetype of the Dark Angels army, I think ground and pound is where it's at. Um, I know that the, the Deathwing Knights took a points hike, but I'm really tempted to, to try running three units of them and just having them as the mid-table bully and like the counter punch, playing the Judicar a bit smarter with them as well. I think that there, there's, there's play right there, especially with all of those things hitting on twos. Yeah. Yeah. And the flails. Like, the flails are good the same way Death Guard flails are good. They just yeah. wipe shit out and that yep. damage spreading. You know, if I actually got to use that properly against you, you know, that, that could have done some work against those troop squads for sure. Could have, would have, should have. But it didn't. Bit <laughs> well, I've just got fucking nightmares of the moment I decided to start hitting his transports in the middle of the table and I'm sort of going to myself, I know that all these fucking things are going to spill out of this thing, but they're going to spill out of it anyway. So I'm yep. like, I'm, the whole game was just sort of like, I'm fucked if I do and I'm fucked if I don't. But that's what it felt like. You know? Madness. Well, here we can kind of get started here in part two. So... All I was going to suggest for this was just a bit of a chit-chat, you know, wrap up our thoughts, you know, get the hype going for the final day of um, the, the competition here now that we've covered the top seven lists. If you've got any other lists for, that you've saw that you want to chat about, um, I know that just, there's definitely a few interesting ones that we didn't cover that you might have handy. We can jump into that. And then at the end, um, I want to pick Nate's brain about some vintage 5th edition or some shit after listening to an old podcast that he did today. So <laughs> I'll see if that is a special treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let's kick it off with uh, any honorable mentions because there's a lot of good players that aren't in the top seven here um, that are bringing some good shit. I, I'll just go first. Um <laughs> If that's okay, um, no. I, I, uh, Kyle, I have to, would you like yeah. to go first? <laughs> I have to. Um, I have to root for Richard Moore. Take um, you know a fellow guard player. I played him. Mike played him. Um, I think that list is absolutely solid. Um, it, it's it's got answers. It's got tools um, going into. The third heat, the, the actual final. Um, you know, I I foresee this. Um, you know, he's definitely gonna be top five with us. I think um, it can beat custodes. It can it can certainly have a go at the rest of the other lists as well. Um, so it's something that I want to keep an eye on. And to be honest, if I don't pick either Mike or Cahill to win. I would, uh, I would actually pick Richard as a bit of a wild card in there, as in getting into the top three or top five, even, you know. So, 
and he's a good guy, good pilot. Um, you know, nice guy to play against as well. So wish him all the best. I, I would actually agree with you there more so because it's Deke running the list than necessarily the list itself. He is a he's a top class freaking general. He really is. Mm-hmm. I can fight Fabi's mm-hmm. my ass to me many competitions so I always seem to play each other. <laughs> I got him I got him breaking a little bit of a sweat and he was like, What the fuck are these black land speeders that I can't shoot and are outranging the cry? He's like he just said to me at the end, he goes, Just bring fucking three of those next time, like you know, and, and you're all set. Uh yeah, I was actually gonna use Deeks as the um as my wild card, but I'm gonna have to pick somebody else now. <laughs> <laughs> Should have went first. That's what, that's what we'll be saying to you, Cal, on Sunday if Richard beats you. If I get him, it's like, oh, mate, you should have went first against that. <laughs> yeah. Nate, do you have Deke's list handy? <laughs> I do, yeah. I'm actually looking at it. Um, so his Wank, list... Wanking over it is the way you should say that, Nate. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> he's got... So he's got double battalion. So he has a Kirian... Uh, battalion which has company commander he has Pask in a uh, battle cannon Lehman Ross oh, along with um, Laz cannon he has Creed which is really handy in that list because he can dish out three orders three a turn order. he has <laughs> yeah, a, tw- a 24 inch range um, he has 50 guardsmen he has two masters of ordnance, which basically once per game can sling a basilisk shot at uh, minus AP two, I think, instead of three. Um, there's also a stratagem for them that he likes, it, which is max shots, so it instantly gets six shots against something and can shoot out of line of sight. Also, the masters of ordnance is quite interesting because the barrage they fire isn't a rule. It's actually got a weapon profile, so he can order them to reroll ones, reroll ones to hit, uh, to wound, you know, depending on what he needs. So there's a bit of secret tech there as well. Um, The next battalion, he has taken uh, Build Your Own. So he's taken Gunnery Experts and Spotter Details. So Spotter Details is plus six extra range on any heavy weapons that shoot over 24, I believe. Uh, Gunnery Experts allows you to reroll one dice when determining the number of shots that you have, um, which is, again, dead handy. He's taking a tankiest here. Um, so he has triple tank commander, um, so two demolisher Lehman Russes, each with plasma cannons and las cannons. Uh, or a last cannon each, a, and then the last tank commander has heavy bolters, last cannon, and the Punisher Gatling cannon, and he's taken the weapon expert um, tank commander trait, which is minus AP one on the on the turret weapon. So basically, that thing shooting, it'll have reroll ones. It's a forty shot heavy bolter basically, um, so with an extra six inch range, it's it's not shit. Uh, it's a lot of DACA coming down range. Um, he takes a Vindicar Assassin. Again, he can pay the CP if he wants to swap it out. Um, he's got 30 Guardsmen. He, and then he's got two Command Squads, which have Plasma Guns. So four Plasma Guns in each. 
he's got a platoon commander which is there for orders and then he's got the super manticore which is uh full payload uh, it's got a heavy bolter and flat three damage on the missiles so yeah very very interesting it's uh one to watch not that far off um He's only 19 points behind myself, which is 36 points then behind second. And but it's it's a good whack behind Michael to be fair. It's 60 points, but he could he could easily podium. Um, especially when all the custode players are bubbling to the top and getting really low scores against each other, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, well, this is my last time playing them, which is great. So then I'll have two other opponents in the last two games. That's what you think. <laughs> Back in the shed. <laughs> no, I, what I meant was it's, I, I play the last Custodes player because I can't play anymore. So that's me finished playing them on the first game on Sunday so I get two other opponents. Something else. Something that's not a mirror match. That's what you think. It's probably the last time you're playing them, let's be fair. Like. Oh, I don't know. Like The shed is large and there's lots of other models in the shed that need played too. Here, did you find any of those grav amps? I didn't look, but I will go look. Good lad. Um, Mike or Cal, what do you think? Any wild card picks? Um, are you going, Cal, or not? <laughs> what? Are you, are you going or not? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Fuck up, mate. Uh, <laughs> I think actually if, couldn't hear what the fuck was going on. I like, think if I think if Mister I, I think if uh, Gareth um, takes on board what Peter was telling them at the last event or the last day by playing the mission a bit more, um, I think he could be a good contender as well because he's got the he's got the marine resources behind him to get him points. It's as long as his gameplay and he plays the mission properly, he he'll be okay, do you know what I mean? Not just focus on killing everything in one turn, but actually like playing the game and, and trying to get points on the board that way. Yeah. All right, and... Yeah, from... Go ahead, Mike. Uh, probably my wildcard pick, I don't actually have the lists in front of me. I think it's Simon, if I'm right in saying that, the Death Guard player, yeah. um, who is running the Death Guard sort of Demon Engine heavy list. Um, I think just from hearing from sort of Deke and Richard and all, Simon is probably a wee bit a bit more casual than maybe some of those guys are in terms of his, his play style, but uh, it is a very solid list. And again, it just has that ability to just take over the board and sit on objectives. And you, you look at it and think, oh, I should just take, um, bring it down. And this is an easy 15 points for secondary. And the bastard and things just do not die. Um, I think there was. I know the game with Scotty. Like, the, the, just not a single wound would go on to of the team engine across the board, um, and that just happens sometimes. So I think that's going to be a uh, a list which is going to be a bit of a gatekeeper. I don't think it's necessarily going to um, you know set the tournament alight all of a sudden. But there's going to be guys running into that, and if Simon's dice can go hot then there's going to be some guys really struggling to get points on the board, um, which could certainly hold a lot of guys back. Um, uh, there's a few tweaks that could be made to the list, probably to make it a bit stronger, but for what it is, uh, I, I certainly like it anyway. I like the look of it. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to throw one out there. I was just looking, since Kyle brought it up, actually, that there is actually a White Scars um, list that is in the top 14 in the final day. And that's Adam uh, Threlfall's list. So uh, how do we look there? He's running um, Kasaro Khan, who gives um, minus one to the wind rule. Or sorry, plus one to wind rules when he charges within six inches. It's also from when I put him on the table, he's an absolute beat six. Like late game, he just murders things. Um, he's got a Primaris Chaplain, Mount of Strength, uh, Recitation of Focus, popped on Chagorian Storm. So that's uh, D3 extra attacks. Yeah, so he's made, made this Chaplain a bit of a slaplin uh, with Mount of Strength and that Warlord trait. But for me, the best part of a White Scars Chaplain is being like a Super Bobby G combat aura buffer, giving if you allow them to chant twice with that uh, Faith and Fury shit, you can be re-rolling hits and wounds in combat with an aura. And like come turn three with White Scars, that's just nightmare fuel for your opponent. I, got, I prefer a, a jump pack in that, but yeah, like that's strong. Um, three squads of Assault Intercessors, um, a big blob of Intercessors with Autobolt Rifles, Blade Guard Ancient, <clears throat> that's plus one to hit for Blade Guard Veterans, two squads of Blade Guard Veterans, a Judiciary, two Outrider squads, and two Repulsors. So I was wondering, like, because he, he, he went decent enough in his second two games, but the, the first game was a weird one. Um, but just jump back to round one here. He and his opponent both scored really low. So he won 34 to 32 against Sam Wright. And Sam, I think, was the Crimson Fist guy, if I remember correctly. Um, I think they I, I think they struggled a wee bit to get through the game, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, sorry if that is not the case. I do apologize. It looks like it from uh, the scores. Yeah, it just sort of makes sense. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's a. Sorry, go ahead. It's a good list. It's a good list. I I watched a wee bit of one of his games. He was playing Daniel um against Chaos, and the thing gets up the board and it does loads of damage. But something to watch out for, um, people out there. Um, if you're playing with Blade Guard veterans and you're using them as a screen for your characters, you only have to lose one of them before your characters can now be shot. That's something that anyone who's playing him is something to watch out for because it happened to him in the game against Daniel. He was using the Blade Guard Veterans to screen a character. He lost one of the Blade Guard Veterans, and now all of a sudden, the character is now targetable. That, like for me, when I look at this list, like I, I went with the when I was starting to do my first reps with the White Scars, I was throwing in extra characters. I was even throwing in like the fifty-three point company champion, giving him the Faith and Fury buff, giving him the Warlord trait. It allowed me to reroll advances and charges, if I remember correctly. It was just, you know, really playing into the archetype, and it was a cheap character. Uh, and I thought, fuck it. You know, I'm already giving up, you know, max assassinate. Just go balls to the wall with it. Um, but I had, like, much more infantry, whereas when I see this list, I see the two repulsors, and, you know, I haven't fielded the repulsors <laughs> ever since I played you, Cal. You know, the losing two repulsor executioners in one turn before I even got to do anything was just like, nah, they're they're they're, they're never being played again. Some like Michael, I think we would call that glorious. Would you not? 
wonderful. It's actually bring it, bringing a glittery diamond shaped tear to my eye. Yeah, boy. Eldar all the way. Yeah, that, like that's um, 700 points wrapped up in two repulsors right there. Um, Just get goods. No, Just I mean, I'm talking about this list now. No, not me. You know, like I, I hear repulsor executioners were not bad at that time, but at the same time, they were def- it was definitely not a strong choice against fucking dickheads who bring Eldar flyers that ignore cover and everything. You know? <laughs> It was so was good. The worst, fucking part, the worst fucking part of that was I was being a gentleman and like we fucked up the roll off at the beginning. Like, and I was like, no, 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 you're all competitive. Well, um, you know, fair's fair. You were like, go ahead, you can go first. And like, I was like, no, no, we'll be fair. And we rolled off again. And, you know, you went first. And then little did I know the fucking devastation of going second against your list was going to bring. But here, but if we'd done it properly, if we'd done it properly, I was going first anyway because I lost the rule twice. If you remember correctly, I, I don't lost know the shit about what it was. But I, I, know, I, but I, I can't remember shit. I should say, but I knew that I was going first, and we rolled off again because I, I felt sorry for you. <laughs> you looked so so small at the other side of the table. I was like, oh, I don't want to look like I'm bullying uh, the children. The thing is. It- He's at ball height, Holsey. You need to always remember that. He's at ball height. I hit, I'll i headbutt you right in the... Anyway, back to 40k. <laughs> so, anyway, white scars, right? I, I think that they're great, but uh, the, the tweet that I would make this list is definitely reconsider the two repulsors. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we take a quick, quick... Hold on. Mr. Peter Pratt, the legend that he is himself, has sent me the two... Scores the games on Sunday. Blah, 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 blah. Top table Tom Coulter, Custodes versus Michael McConaughey, Harlequins. Game you've just two. managed to you've just managed to mess up <laughs> both our names there somehow. One go, yeah. Sorry, right. sure. I, I don't know who Tom Coulter or Michael McConaughey is. Yeah, I'm, but sure, I'm, I'm sure they'll have a good him, time. I'd be calling Coulter for like a year, and his name's actually Cother. Cother, Cother? He's English. Cother? Don't don't try and pronounce his ah. English. Yeah. He's Coulter now, I like. He's Coulter now. Tom Coulter versus Michael McConaughey. <laughs> you can't get my then, name right either, you bitch. <laughs> then, it's, then it's Cahill versus Richard, which is two custodies. Then we've got Michael Byrne versus Aaron Buckley, which is sisters versus Necrons. Richard McRoberts with custodies is against Robert Patton with Grey Knights. Malachi McCrudden with Iron Hands is against Simon McLaurin and Death Guard. Adam Thurfall is against Richard Moore. So that's White Scars and Astro Militarum. And then lastly is Gareth Agnew with Imperial Fists against Martin Crawley with Alpha Legion. The difference between first and last is all quick miles. Oh, I went off it. Sorry. Uh, Michael's got 264 points and Gareth has got 183. That's actually, that's actually quite a large amount, isn't it? It, it is. But that's the, the thing about like Heat 1 was lower scoring at, at the bottom half. And then, yeah. you know. Don't open that can of worms again. Holy jeez. Fuck, you, you'll, you'll piss Carl off again. So, you know. <laughs> no, sure. I, you know what? I. You can't compare. You can't it, compare. <laughs> you can't like I don't mind because at the end of the day I'm third out of all of you, so you just can suck a dick. You can't compare. 
<laughs> it, it was just different. Can't compare, right? You can't compare. Different conditions. No, that's okay. Look, these things happen. Another thing to point out to you is like, there's two guys. The guy who came third, Michael Byrne and Maliki, both had two losses. Don't, again, don't open that fucking can of worms either. And Simon McLaren had two losses in the second heat, uh, but because of the point system, was able to qualify. That's that's definitely for another show. Um, I think Big Peter Pratt is ready to chomp the bit out over this one. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of guys have lots of inputs to put in. And again, I was chatting with Martin about how the October uh, Nuri event is going to go as well today on that. So it might be worth you know, bringing on some of the TOs for a chat around that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an interesting discussion and everybody's fucking talking about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then, like, I don't want to say shit because his mission pack's been dropped, I think, on Thursday. Oh. So I think there's time for tweaks in that regard. When is that? Yeah, here. Um, um, it's mid-October. Oh. So there's no fucking way you're going to be allowed to I have play. bought a ticket for it. And I've talked to Gemma. She you was idiot. supposed to go away. I know. She was supposed to go away in November to see somebody. Don't know who it was. I got like three concerts, JLS or something. So I have I said, look, still go. Go away for the weekend. And then I can go to this one in October. So it went down well at the time. But we'll have to wait and see. So someone could get a cheap ticket. More than likely is going to get a cheap ticket. <laughs> 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 uh um here so i wanted the so i was listening to a podcast um that nate recorded last year and like other than all the um eighth edition iron hands gurning that was going on well it wasn't so much gurning it was just like whenever everything dropped they were sort of just pointing out how strong all the shit was which was you know i think everybody knows that now um but there was something that came up that was really interesting to me, and that was uh, Nate um, took a, a Gail Column title back in the day with some white stars. What? Right? Yep. I want to hear about this. So talk, talk to us. Tell me a story. Um, yeah, uh, it had six units of five Space Marine bikes to basically hard-to-kill um, chapter masters on bikes and um, Kodiaz and three Thunderfire cams. That was the list. I heard that, I've heard this spoke about before that Kodiaz and Thunderfires was a meme in itself back in the day. How did that go? Yeah. Um, so basically, he had like an intercept. If you landed within twelve inches of him, um, he, if he was attached to a unit, he could shoot. Um, and something really stupid was the the whole unit got that ability. So um, you landed, and then the thunderfire would just thunderfire whatever landed in front of them, or he could attach himself to a big grab unit, which. It has changed, but it, grab used to be absolutely broken and would just melt things. And um, the other thing as well, uh, if you ever did eventually get in combat with the Thunderfire cannons, they could hit and run, which was um, 3d6. Pick a, a straight line and roll 3d6, and that's how many inches you go. Just escape combat, basically. 
Um, and because that happened at the end of your opponent's fight phase, you haven't moved in your movement phase, so you're able to shoot. So it's quite right. funny. Nate, just sorry, Nate, just keep me right. Was was that the year that yep. every single tournament in the end of Aaron was won by a Nordy? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was glory days. Oh, good year. What year was yeah. that? That was that was the glory days. Fifteen. Oh, it was. Was it sixth edition? Mm, I t- it was sixth edition. I, or I, sixth, yeah. yeah. I, I won Vaticon that year, you won Galecon, and Chris Puggy won Warpcon, if mm-hmm. I remember rightly. And then yeah. did, did Stowe win Brocon? Someone won Brocon, I think, as well, from the North. Yeah, I think he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that annoyed a few of the Southern guys, to be honest, that we were coming down and taking their tournaments. Yeah. You, you, did, you didn't win Nordicon that year, did you? Did you beat me by a... P- no, no, I, I, won, I won Nordicon that year with the same list. Um, because that was the tournament where I tabled row with one yes. one shot. <laughs> yeah, in the first in the first turn. That's right. In the first turn, <laughs> tabled them. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's for another podcast. We'll we'll dissect <laughs> that one. It was quite funny. Tell me this. I want to know more. What did white scars bring to the table? Other than um, not Cote shit. Yeah. So they had hit and run. Uh, they had Outflank, they had Scout, which was a full move back in the day. So if you were yeah. playing uh, Dawn of War deployment, it, <clears throat> and it was done before you knew who was going first. No, you knew who was going first, I think, which is the main thing. So if yeah. I, I deployed on the line, but you you were going first, I could Scout back out of range. Or scout forward into buying line of sight blocking or something. Uh, but if I if I knew I was going first, I just went at you, just balls deep. The important thing about it is you couldn't charge if you did that. But white scars just all rocked up with like two or three grav guns, yeah. every single squad, and yeah. just lifted your army basically. Yeah. Uh, in turn one, yeah, it was unpleasant to play against. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it was interesting. It was it was quite dynamic. Uh, after playing guard for the season before, it was a nice sort of change in terms of dynamic and how that army functioned. And it was so aggressive that you know it really did. You had to, you had to, it was nuanced as well. Like it wasn't just like scout forward and kill everything. But um, yeah, it was good fun. I enjoyed that list actually. It was good, good crack. Nice. Got a. Um... During the, the periods where we don't have competitions and shit to talk about, we should dig into some of the, the past glory days because I'm really interested to hear that shit. Get some yeah. stories going. People love the stories. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, you know, we were sort of talking about today, um, you know, ideas for our next episode. So just want to maybe uh, touch on uh, the WTC stuff and the humble beginnings of uh, Team Northern Ireland and you know, a bit of background and explain what we want to do as a country and a nation and player development and stuff. So uh, that's maybe a good segment. We'll maybe touch on that in the near future. Sounds good to me. You know, I think everybody that's listening is probably sick to death of hearing about this one competition I've now <laughs> <laughs> spoke about for like 10 hours of content. <laughs> I don't know, I'm stressing it out. But yeah, we'll we'll all, we'll come back and we'll do like a, a review of the finals day and and see how it went because it has been interesting and you do see 
different little bubbles and metas and how people are going to attack and try to counter it. And like we definitely have a very custodies heavy meta. And then Dickhead's playing Harlequins, maxing out scores as well. So I'd love to do an episode on how to beat you fuckers. That would be good too. Okay. I can help. I, I can help with that. Get a fucking <laughs> and by the way, go into your meta shed and get me those grav guns. <laughs> it's dark and there could be spiders. I don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Do they come? Do they come in tactical squads? Um, I don't know, but leave no box unopened because they're like gold dust. Gold dust. And I don't want to pay 30 quid for five mini marines, like. So. I'll have two wounds each, and it'll all be good. I know. I'm, I'm not committing. Like, as much as I do like the idea of a white scars rhino full of grav <clears throat> that's going to move a billion inches and blue shit up, as soon as I get something like that done, and it, it would, I'd get it painted and ready to go, and then the codex will drop, and I'll just be like, nah, that's not viable anymore. So, <laughs> So I want to try and cheap out at the moment. And then you've got shit that's been touted like um, intercessor heavy weapon squad and stuff. You just don't know what the hell is going to happen. Like anything you can possibly think of, Marines will have it at some point. Which is incredibly frustrating for everyone who doesn't play Marines. Uh, who cares? Those are your six fucking units. Six six types of things that you can bring in your code. It's like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. I, but here, I hope GSC gets something soon. So yeah, yeah. And I was listening to um, gentleman came in there before it came on, and there were Brad El Chesticles was talking about. Um, he came up against some Ridge Riders, Ridge Runner spam, in a comp he was at at the weekend there. And I was like, she and like people forget about this stuff, and then whenever. It's just funny how the meta will sort of change. You know, people will start tech for something, which leaves gaps for other things to come in. And, you know, before you knew it, the shit that's not viable at all is viable again. And I'd love to, to get into, like, the problems with GSC and things. And I think that could be quite interesting because I... Do you have six, do you have six hours? <laughs> how long have we got? Well, yeah. Tell me this. Well, well it was actually... Um, like a GSC mixed with Nids list, and it, it was a bit memey. Here, did anybody see Ennis's list? I think it was Ennis's list, the um, the Tyranids one. Which one? Because uh, Ennis has ran about three or four different Nids lists that I'm aware of. It was it was the one that was throwing out stupid amount of mortal wounds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's unfortunately standard for Nids at the moment. Yeah, fuck me. Right, boys. Well, here. Um, we're definitely out of time. can wrap it up. So, if there's anything else you want to throw in there? Good luck, everybody. Everyone that's listening, good luck on Sunday. Um, hopefully, I don't have to play as there's a lot of good generals out there. Uh, and good luck, Michael. Um, it's yours to lose. Cheers, buddy. No pressure. Huh? Well, here, one, one thing, actually, would, would be good. Predictions for Sunday. I know we've sort of done it there. Who who do we think is actually going to win it? You. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be you, man. Um, I'm going to predict I'm going to end up against Custodes at least twice and really struggle to get points on the board. And I think it is Tom and Cahill are going to start leapfrogging me. 
by the third game. Oh, That's I think, my prediction. I think, do you want to know my prediction, actually? I think I'm going to play you in the third game on Sunday for the win. Yeah, I think you'll have it if that happens. I love it. Just uh, you couldn't leave it with the pressure being on you, Mike. You had the, you had Not the, at all. You had the turn it around there. To finish it off. No, I think I'm being realistic. Custodes, it's it's actually less about how good they are and how difficult it is to get points against them. And my point advantage that I have will just disappear. Um, and I expect to play Custodes at least twice. Obviously, I'm playing them at least once. I'm expecting to see another Custodes army. So two out of three games, that's going to haul me back in quite a bit. And it's down to the, the rest of the crew to try and overhaul me more than anything. Yeah, it, I, that's what I, I was thinking, that even though you were on 85, 90, 80-something, right? Yeah, and this is out of 90 because the, the 10 pain points weren't in play. I was like, it'll, I do see you getting brought down a bit because of what you're going to be playing, especially in the first game, but I still think you've got it if you, if you played like you did on the last day. But I'm trying to, looking through the list, I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, an edgy choice so it can look smart when it happens. <laughs> to be honest with you, Michael Byrne, his list has the potential to score massive points in a game if he can park on objectives. I think so too. And I was going to say that, like, yes, he has a 70-point-odd deficit to make up, but I would love him to win, and I'd love him to win with um, two wins and four losses. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Oh dear. We'll wrap her up. Have a good one. Catch us next time. Cheers. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.